you like that technical foul call? Why? Hey, welcome to the Washington Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Generic White Guy, joined by my co-host as always, Generic Mediterranean Guy. Hello guys, good to be here again. What a day of basketball. Um, I'm introducing our show like this because uh, we've come to the conclusion that we might we might need to change our name. It might not be uh, SEO or memorable enough for anyone to remember. SEO? Search engine optimized. Oh, SEO. <laughs> See, I usually... The SEO I usually put, JVG MBA tribute show. I usually put my emphasis on the E. Oh, SEO. Yeah. Right, right. Um, anyway, yeah, we're looking for a new name. What's the best one you've come up with so far, Lucas? Oh, man, the best one I've come up with so far... Oh, you want to know mine? Oh, already exists. <laughs> you go. <laughs> the Bill Simmons podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, in Very the, good. In a close second is the pump fake and penetrate, but yeah, Lucas has already vetoed that. <laughs> vetoed it with a yes. <laughs> a reverse veto of sorts. I'm trying to do something with the Elam ending NBA podcast. Yeah, I like that. I like but, that concept. Yeah, a concept. Or like we invent an MB, a really obscure NBA term that d- doesn't exist, but sounds like it could be something. Yeah, or we hyper-manufacture it. Hyper-manufacture it. Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you guys have any ideas, I don't know, send us a message maybe. Yes, please, please. Actually, speaking of getting sent messages, I feel like we had an overwhelming amount of positive feedback in the past week. Yeah, true, we did. And, you know, as the hosts of the show that you guys have listened to, sh- share it. Just tell everyone about it. <laughs> We're not doing this for free. Tell us how much you like it. Don't tell us if you don't like it. <laughs> Especially don't tell us if you don't like the name because, uh, I don't know, we're kind of stuck on the name. <laughs> no, in all, in all factuality, thank you everyone that said every, something nice about yeah. the show. You know, who, you know who you are. Two particular uh, long-time listeners um, had some nice chats in the toilet about, <laughs> <laughs> about all things New York Knicks, so shout out. Yeah, uh, and thank you. I really mean that. And I think Marco does as well, although he was crossing his fingers that entire time. <laughs> and my toes, and my toes. So, what should we start this episode with? Um, well, I think later on we're going to go through our award picks for the season. But, what, yeah, you had a few things you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I wanted to go through... I wanted to share the resources I use that, uh, to actually, like, form what I think about the NBA. Um, I watch... First take, because that's a really funny TV show. I don't watch it for any other reason. (laughs) There are two performers on that show. There are three performers on that show, and they're all just performing, and that's why I watch the show. But in terms of, like, actually watching basketball, um, this guy called Swish Out, one word, Swish Out, but put together into one word, I think he probably makes the best uh, videos right now. Um, And he came out with a video two days ago, or two videos ago, talking about don't fall into the LeBron trap, which I was trying to kind of outline in last week's extremely incoherent episode (laughs) and just went through a few of the times where he was like, yeah, LeBron's got a history of doing this stuff in the past. Don't fall into the trap. He loves being an underdog, things like this. Um, And yes, which just makes really good videos. Uh, I listen to old 
Bill Simmons episodes, like at least a month old, just so it doesn't infil- infiltrate my my takes because I think he's actually really, really good at <laughs> really good at his job. Um, any video of an ex player telling stories, and a really good one of that is called Open Court, which used to be this like panel of eight ex players. Ernie Johnson would moderate, and they'll just go through stories of when they played, and. It's gone to shit over the past few seasons, but there are some really good ones from like the early 2010s. And without a doubt, the best basketball uh, content I've ever consumed is Coach Daniel. He has 294 videos. He now works for the Mavericks. Uh, His official title is Basketball Analytics Liaison, which as he describes, is a mixture of video and scouting work. And if you watch his videos, that's the brain you're going to be watching. Um... He'll help you watch basketball and understand what's going on better than anyone else. And he'll actually probably change the way you watch games. And he makes it he makes it funner to be a basketball fan. And he's the all-time face that doesn't match his voice guy. <laughs> what's his face? Doesn't match his voice. <laughs> oh, cool. Thanks for clearing that up. Um, yeah, well, my resources, I usually just uh, watch whatever Lucas sends me. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, do whatever he tells me on the show. <laughs> I'm and a big wiener. <laughs> you've done well through 42 episodes. <laughs> Yeah, Big nice. Wiener NBA podcast. <laughs> Is there something there? <laughs> a wiener screen. <laughs> cool. Um, what else did you have? Those are all my resources. Yeah, cool. Do you have any? No, not really. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> no, no. I feel like I don't have the same sort of uh, encyclopedia, I suppose, approach to it that you have. Like, I'll watch whatever comes up in my YouTube suggestions. Yeah. Which, which is, you know, sometimes swish out. Um occasionally coach daniels um and yeah you you just send me stuff all the time like, yeah all the time like more than i'm a, I'm a pretty busy guy so it can be, <laughs> i don't know i feel like you're you're sitting on your laptop a little bit more than i, <laughs> I am sometimes <laughs> turning into a public roasting of me <laughs> yeah. um oh yeah and that's the other thing about the coach daniel he doesn't make videos anymore because he works for the mavericks and it's it's illegal for him to make them and he got his job from making youtube videos yeah, pretty much. That's sick. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Shout out, Coach Daniel. Shout out. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it I had for that. <laughs> Next. <laughs> um, well, uh, your man, Russell Westbrook, did something pretty incredible today. Yeah, we have to keep talking about him. Yeah. He's giving us so much to talk about. So, let's talk about him. <laughs> well, you start with Russell Westbrook. I feel like I've been talking too much this episode. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, we all saw it coming. Uh, he he beat the record, most triple doubles. Um, and yeah, the last few games, what's, what has amazed me is these like insanely heavy assist numbers. Like something that I feel like when people accuse Russ of stat padding and stuff like that, it's like, okay, he'll do the bare minimum to get 11 assists. Whereas in these games, he's had like these 20 plus assist games. It's like, he has just been involved in every positive play for the wizards like every single one of them incredibly efficient i think what it was over 20 assists and like three turnovers today or something like that yeah 21 and three fuck incredible what an incredible <coughs> ratio seven seven that's crazy is such a good ratio um and yeah i i just think at the end of the season i hope he gets some sort of recognition like I'm not saying he has to win an award or even be on an all NBA team, but there needs to be some sort of thing that's like, wow, Russ had a really good season that I feel like it's not gonna go 
it's not going to be it's not going to be recognized at the surface level of this season yeah it could be recognized in like the narratives and anyone who was actually around when this season happened i see what you mean but like if you just like you know click on the wikipedia page for the you know 2021 nba season in five years you might miss what russell westbrook did this year yeah uh i went through his numbers and uh since the all-star weekend his averages uh have been 23 13 and 13 with five turnovers per game so that sits a little below where you want a point guard you probably want him to have four yeah definitely four Mm. um the wizards have been 18 and 17 in that time over 35 games with uh five game losing streak to follow the all-star weekend so 18 and 12 if you disclude that losing streak he's dropped single digit assists five times in this span and single digit boards five times (laughs) in 35 games which turns out uh which is uh turned into 26 triple-doubles and nine games without triple-doubles. And uh, they're two and seven in those nine games. Uh, the team's also had a four-game losing streak and three-game losing streak in the time, which kind of illustrates how dependent they are on momentum and emotion and going on runs. And he hasn't missed a game since the All-Star weekend. Mm. Incredible. <laughs> Thanks, man. One of the great guys. Uh, and he also just got Eastern Conference Player of the Week. And his averages of the past week have been, I think it was 23, 17, and 18. <laughs> That's insane. That's Those assistant rebound numbers just absolutely blow me away. Yeah. Like, even if a, if a big was averaging that many rebounds over a week, you'd be like, wow, what a fucking week for that guy. This <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah, this is a 6 3, <laughs> like, <laughs> absolute. Yeah, physical abnormally, but yeah, I, I don't understand how he does it. He's sharing the glass with Rolo as well. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the board vacuum. Yeah. Get that man a Windex. <laughs> Rolo. Yeah, it's not like he's even close to being one of the bigger guys on the team he's either. often the shortest he's when he's on the court. He's the shortest on the court. Yeah, wow. Um, shout out and like, fuck, can't, can't wait uh, to see the Wizards in the play-in as well. I think they'll, they'll be... There'll be like a really memorable game in there. Hopefully. Hopefully they win it as well. Uh, I think we played the Indiana twice in the last week and beat them both times, which is a really good sign going into the play-in because we're definitely going to be playing them. But like I'm still not fully behind us beating them in the play-in. Um, but I, you know, I'll be cheering them on. <laughs> go, Wiz, go. <laughs> but I mean, but think about all the great clutch performances Russ has put up in the last two weeks as well you know mm. like that game winning block uh, clutch free throws yeah, against Indiana three, like a couple yeah. weeks ago um, yeah I think I think he should of all those teams in the play in like I don't think anyone else really has that that element to them yeah if that makes sense what the the Westbrook effect? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. In the plane. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, exactly. I thought we just, yeah, I thought we were talking about the whole league. The whole league. <laughs> <laughs> so no, in the plane in the East, which yeah. doesn't have the, the most established teams in it. Fair, I don't fair. Think anyone fair. else has the Westbrook effect? I think yeah. We'll be talking about obviously we're talking about Hornets because uh, the Hornets will lose to either of mm. the oh, bloody Celtics or the Heat, whoever ends up in seventh. Mm. And then yeah, yeah, Indiana aren't really boasting. They're, they're a whole they're a whole podcast yeah. <laughs> Indiana season is a whole episode in itself um, just quickly on the like if there's a Hornets Wizards matchup for the 8th seed um, in the play-in 
the Hornets were absolutely dog shit in uh, clutch time against the Pelicans, the worst clutch team in the, <laughs> in the league, without Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson is this, the other day. Is this the Eric Bledsoe redemption game? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. My I'm, God. I'm not redeeming him, but... <laughs> I've never seen someone play a better game. Yeah. I hate how much he has the ball for you guys. Yeah. But, I mean... In that game, it made sense because it was like it was him or Lonzo, yeah, as the ball or James Johnson, yeah. Who I don't know, I'm a li- little less hot on the James Johnson ISOs than I was when he first started <laughs> playing for us. Um, um, lot of bro- lot of brothers in that game. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe he said it. It was yeah. like literally tip off, and he said, "Damn, did you know they let brothers play in the NBA?" <laughs> no, he would have gone, "Whoa, a lot of brothers in this game." The Hornets fucking. Does anyone like their job more than the Hornets announcers? They were. Uh, they're so good because obviously they lose it for every Charlotte play. But then when like nothing exciting is happening, they just have the most like enthusiastic, genuine conversations about yeah. other players. They spend like four minutes talking about Stephen Adams and how many siblings he has. And they'll be like, whoa, 19? <laughs> A lot of brothers in that family. Yeah. <laughs> he might not even be the best athlete in his family. His sister's <laughs> an Olympic shot putter. Whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah, who were the brothers in that game? The Balls? Um, the Martins? The Martins, but then Hernan Gomez. Has a brother. Zella has a brother. Zella has a brother. Um, I'm sure if we went to the, like the deep, the depth, there'd be another one. <laughs> Yeah, there were other ones. I can't... Oh, oh really? Bridges. No, I don't think oh, they're they brothers. Was, he wasn't playing, was he? I don't think they're brothers either. They're cousins? I don't think I they're think brothers. <laughs> uh, Michael and Miles. Yeah. Mikel and My- Miles. I don't think they're family. Damn. But I could be wrong. Damn, I guess I'm tripping then. Um. Anyway, uh, Lamelo had a really bad clutch game. Like, he had some terrible turnovers and missed two free throws in the last two minutes. So... Yeah, I don't know. I'd pick Westbrook over him. <laughs> <laughs> but which award is this now? <laughs> the uh, the Marco Recognitional. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's how we get our pod. <laughs> maybe that's how we can get our viewers <laughs> by having an award named after our podcast. <laughs> mm. Right. Right. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, oh, here's something I wanted to talk about. Mm. Uh, Stephen A has just been calling out Scott Brooks and other white coaches. And he's been talking about this narrative of like Nick Nurse getting all the credit on a culture that Dwayne Casey built. Steve Kerr getting all the credit on a culture that Mark Jackson built. I don't, I, I don't really agree with, with it, but I, I, I actually like shout out Stephen A. I know he's listening, but shout out Stephen A for actually doing this. Like, you know, he's obviously, this is something he believes in and he's using his platform to talk about it. I, look, I think Nick Nurse is a better coach than Dwayne Casey and I also think Steve Kerr is a better coach than Mark Jackson and I also think when you're going for a ring, you need a, and you've got the, you've had the same coach for a while, something like just having that um, switch in, you know, like it's such a pivotal part of your team. I think it, it can be helpful and I, I just, I actually think, I actually think all four of them are good coaches in their own way. I think Mark Jackson was too, I don't know, too playy. It was too much about just like running sets and shit. And um, I don't know. I just feel like it lacked depth. And also uh, it seemed like the the Golden State was the worst place in the world while he was (laughs) coach. Um, But I mean, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't think you should doubt that Steve Kerr's coaching completely turned that team around. 
because it was like a completely different play style and obviously like a very you know he he's he's a very tactical coach in a lot in a lot of ways that you wouldn't say about other coaches but yeah it's like that continuity that mark jackson might have provided of having the same players all playing together and you know getting used to it i think about i don't know the pelicans this year it's like you know stan van gundy didn't hasn't really turned us around it's like yeah well there was no continuity from before like he's having to build from the bottom up yeah and i think you said this at the beginning of the season is that often with like coach signings like that it's the next guy who you know is in the championship window yeah like you have one guy who's building continuity with all the young players and then you get someone in with a fresh perspective to take them to the next yeah actually that was sean carroll (laughs) <laughs> he said that about when Stan Van Gundy got um, True. hired. True. Shout like, out. Yeah, he's the Mark Jackson to hopefully their Steve Kurt. Damn. Yeah. Fuck yeah. It all comes full Only circle. Um, the other brothers in that game, uh, not brothers, but Nikhil Alexander-Walker is Shay Gilgis-Alexander's <laughs> cousin. It's all um, in the family. <laughs> and Jalen McDaniels is Jaden McDaniels' brother. Oh. Mm. Jalen McDaniels yeah. plays for the... Um, Jalen McDaniels plays for the Hornets. Hornets yeah. Jaden McDaniels yeah. is uh, Angus Price's <laughs> favorite Timberwolf of the moment. Of all time. Yeah, of all time. Jaden McDaniels. I want to... No, far out. Have I done... Who's the Hornet? Jalen. D or L? L. Okay, L on the Hornets. I haven't seen him play yet. Uh, man, if he if he was anything like his bro, then I think they got a pretty sick uh, little core going forward. Yeah. Well, I've already said this about the Hornets, he, but like... I, I I I have seen flashes of the same thing, but not to the same caliber as Jaden. Right. In Jalen. True. Um, yeah. Well, since we're on coaches, do you want to go to the coach of the year first? <laughs> yeah, you want to do coach of the year first? Uh, nah. We're going to give our awards now, everyone. <laughs> um, before we start, uh, what's your what what was your thinking behind this exercise? Have you have you just picked who your like pick for each award is or or is there a little bit more nuance to it i'm picking who is the best right <laughs> at, at all of these things yeah who no no, no yeah who who might not nah, yeah who who will who will win this award if i had a vote who i would vote for yes good that because that's what i was thinking as that well. that was fucking really hard <laughs> because <laughs> i think sometimes when you do these things you like take into consideration the fact that everyone is going to vote for one person you're like yeah oh, okay like then you know, I'm going to cast my ballot with the C. Whereas yeah, yeah. I, I think you should approach things like this. And you, listener, should approach this in your friendship groups, at the dinner table, <laughs> wherever you find yourself during the day, around the water cooler. <laughs> like, imagine you have the votes. You know, Imagine you're a sports journalist who gets the vote yeah. in these awards. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like often it is like who, who will win, not who should win. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, I like the way we've done it. Also, in doing mine, I, I, I don't reckon we're going to have a single different... Really? Yeah. Shit. I, I think I've heard you say five of them. But they could have changed. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, you go first. You want to um, go through all... You want to do all the list? Nah, all let's do them one by one. Let's do right. one by one. So, coach of the year. I've got... You go first. All right. This this is an absolute dead heat for me. Um, I, I think the three options for me are Quinn Snyder, Monty Williams, and Tibbs. Uh, Quinn Snyder, I think, was like this season, the definition of good coaching, created this amazing system uh, who you could just slot anyone in and out of, but then also knew how to uh, adapt in-game to, you know, beat any opponent and, you know, to just sort of throw wild cards like Jordan Clarkson out there. 
Um, and obviously, yeah, like the Jazz have just been incredible this season. They posted such a good record. Monty Williams taking the Suns from ninth to potentially first. Massive, massive. I think he's edged out of this because a lot of the change in the Suns has been personnel-based, like not just Chris Paul, but like all the role players they've picked up this year as well. Mm. And yeah, Tibbs, the Knicks went from the fourth worst defense in the league to the best. And all they... The only real player who had an impact on that is Nolan's Noel. Like, that was their only real addition in the offseason yeah, right. that you could say improved their defense. Like, yeah. I don't think any other player really, like, you know, up to their, their 2K defensive rating um, <laughs> just by their addition. True. And, man, that's why I have to go with Tibbs. Like, nice. Yeah. Like, the Knicks have just been the funnest team to watch. Um, he's brought so much out of players who were really struggling last season, like Randall and Barrett. Not struggling, sorry, but like, yeah, like they've they've both improved so much this year. Um, and yeah, like just like when you put it like that, making the Knicks into a defensive powerhouse, like from the absolute laughing stock of the yeah. league that nobody had anywhere, like even getting a sniff of the playoffs this year, mm. except Jimmy Petridis. <laughs> that makes him my coach of the year. That's a really good point. I really like. I really like that. I only did my one, by the way. I only did. <laughs> this is the only one where I do like. Oh, okay. It was like for dramatic effect. I think the Quinn Snyder point's great. I think that the Jazz's sustained success, um, yeah, I because th- it's just like yeah, it is such a plug and play team, and I feel like you can't really point to any one. You can't really point to anyone. So I think that Quinn Snyder is probably the one to point to. Like you can't really point to like, yeah, a player's individual brilliance. Donovan Mitchell goes out and they just, they keep the same winning percentage. They've maintained first the entire season. Uh, And all three of these coaches, I, I equate good role players to good coaching. And all three of these teams have good role players. The, uh, my vote was Monty Williams Maybe that was me also saying, you know, picking him at the start of the season and me wanting to be right. <laughs> but I think that just the West is really, really talented. It's just so loaded. And they're comfortably second in the West. They lost to the Lakers, but the Lakers are champions. Like they lost to the Lakers this week, but the Lakers are champions. And then, yeah, the personnel decisions, um, the personnel changes have been good. But yeah, also good role players, I equate to good, uh, good coaching. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm voting for Monty Williams. However, the Tibbs thing I want to back you up on. It's like I feel like he's empowered his players the most, and it's not just like putting them into good positions. It's like he's gotten them to all outperform where their trajectory was going. They've gotten a year and a half better in a year. Yeah, hundred percent. I think for me with these three coaches, it's like. Uh, Quinn, it's this long building thing that's kind of coming to fruition this yeah. season. Uh, Monty is, like you said, like I think getting the best out of good players that you can imagine like 15 other coaches in the league would not get the best out of. Yeah. And Tibbs is just like, yeah, it's 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 almost, it's inspiration more than anything. Like mm. these kind of flat, uninspired players have become some of the funnest, most creative players in the league to watch. You're not allowed to say that about Tibbs. What? He's not an inspirational coach. He's a real X's and O's guy. You know? oh, right. A bit more of a smart, a bit more of a cerebral coach. <laughs> He's not a leader of men. Now, Doc Rivers, there's a leader of men. 
<laughs> Actually, Doc Rivers would probably be fourth on this as well. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Um, getting what should have been gotten out of... And also, they did assemble a good team. Like, they did assemble the right pieces. But getting what needed to be gotten out of Simmons and Embiid, he, he actually did it. It's like... You know what that is? That's like Draymond on the short roll when Steph Curry gets doubled on the pick and roll and then it turns into a four on three. It's like, oh, it's a four on three. It's like... There are so many players I wouldn't trust in that situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Clint Capella in Houston would always get in that situation. And it was like, he would shit himself. And he was getting in that situation like multiple times every NBA game. Uh, And Draymond just makes that what should be 100% field goal percentage, 100% field goal percentage. Yeah, I think the, the doc point's good. And I think, I mean, it is similar to those West coaches as in, they did all the right things. They got all the right role players. But man, like, uh, Danny Green could have gone somewhere and just been absolutely dog shit awful. And he's been perfectly... Yeah. He's done exactly what he needed to do this yeah. season. Like, Same with Seth Curry. Like, You can imagine him um, on a non-contending team just, I don't know, not having that amazing three-point percentage. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, And yeah, and having two stars who I guess have probably... I don't know if you want to say fair, fairly or unfairly labeled a bit difficult or like not living up to their expectations yeah. and getting the absolute best out of them, getting an MVP caliber season out of Embiid. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think it turned from Simmons or Embiid to Simmons and Embiid. Yes. Yes. Nice. Shout out Alessio. Shout out Aless. <laughs> shout out. I think we're going to shout out each member of the four man weave individually on this pod. We've done Sean. Yeah. And, and, and you've done Alessio. <laughs> and who's the other one? <laughs> Lucas? <laughs> no, not the handsome one. <laughs> the ugly one. <laughs> no. Uh, um, cool. Who do you want to do next? Um, let's go Depoy. Depoy? Yeah, who you got? Man. I got Drew Holiday. <laughs> oh, what a pick. That's so good. I went for Austin Rivers. <laughs> no, I went for Ben Simmons. Yeah. But I will, I will precursor this with... I... I Honestly, I stopped following this award after the All-Star Weekend. <laughs> so I'm basing everything off the first half of the season. <laughs> um, okay, look. I think... Um, who I think's going to win? I think Rudy's going to win it. Mm. Um, and... Perfect. You picked the perfect award, I just realised. Uh, Dante Boffa of the Deep 2. <laughs> uh, on the most recent four-man weave, he was talking about... Uh, making a really good point in counter to Alessio about um, Giannis. About how Giannis wasn't like... Um, man-to-man defending KD for that mm. entire for the Nets game and you're saying in Giannis's best defensive seasons he's been good not as a one-on-one defender but as that sort of roaming player who like yeah. reads the play makes the defensive play like when he sees the opportunity not not like a pure rim protector either like yeah. it's, it's a much more complicated role than that yeah. you don't win defensive player the year just by being a rim protector I think um, and I think that's kind of that's kind of how I'm seeing Rudy's value now. I know when he signed that huge extension at the beginning of the season, we were both like, Ugh, like what? Okay. But I'm kind of seeing the value in it more and more. Like he's not the best center in the league, but he is absolutely by a country mile, the best fit for that system in Utah. Mm, okay. Like I think that system works absolutely best when it's got Rudy Gobert as the sort of defensive anchor at center. Yeah. Now, I'm talking about how Drew Holiday is the defense player of the year. Um, I think the difference between Giannis and Rudy is, I don't know, 
YouTube Giannis uh, getting crossed over. Not much comes up. <laughs> Rudy gets absolutely minced in one-on-one situations. Way more than a defensive player of the year should. Yeah. I think. Like, he is an amazing defender. Don't get me wrong. But, like, you can target Rudy Gobert yeah. in the switch. Yeah. Um, and just make him look like a fool all game long. Make him make him look like Bagger Biombo. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think Ben Simmons... Uh, I like if if he wins it, I think it's well deserved. But I think he is like one or two seasons away from having like a real defensive player of the year sort of okay. performance. I just think you, I just think you got to give it to Drew. Like I think he deserves it. I think the career he's had, he's gone to a contender, proven that he can do what he's done his entire career. Uh, locked up some of the best players in the league week in and week out. Yeah, the narrative of Drew being the best player in the view, the best defender in the view of other players, has just built so much this season. Yeah, well. that's true. Actually, more and more players have come up and been like, "Yeah, it's Drew. He's the hardest yeah. play, player I've ever had to play against defensively." Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think this year, let's just give it to Drew. <laughs> let's just do it. It has to happen. It has to happen. Like he really needs to be recognized. For his career-long defensive abilities. Yeah. Actually, that reminds me. I really want to watch a video with you. There's this one play where he's defending Steph. And <clears throat> we'll, watch it after the, we'll watch it after this yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, I'd say that my depoy, I would... It's probably changed this year, the way I would uh, uh, assess it. Mm. Assess it. I, I prefer just like, who do I who do I want to put on anyone? Yeah. If I could just like put... If, if I had to pick one player to one-on-one guard anyone, I would choose Ben Simmons because he, he's a great defender, obviously. He's, he's a real, like, he will just get up in your grill and, like, he'll, like, fully lock you down. And he has the size to stick with everyone. Um, he doesn't have to guard Embiid, so that helps. <laughs> <laughs> he has the size to stick with everyone. The, the quickness and agility that uh, stick with everyone, but maybe the quicker guards but then he has the length to recover and you know give that little bit extra leeway or that little bit extra length of rope to those shorter guards and still be able to close out on them or you know get like a uh, like a half court chase down block on them at the at the rim uh but i really like the drew pick yeah i yeah i don't know i just want to go with something different i think also yeah i haven't been closely paying attention to like Ben Simmons' particular defensive highlights this year to in good faith pick him. Like I know he's a yeah, great defender. Yeah. I know that. I see it. But it's not like I've been like, damn, Ben had like an amazing defensive game. Yeah. This game. Whereas every time I watch a Drew game, I'm like, yeah, he won that game. Yeah. <laughs> like, true. Yeah. True um, holiday. But I like I like that yeah. I like that idea of yeah. <laughs> <That sucks. laughs> I like that idea of um like yeah, being able to lock up every player on the court. Cause yeah, I don't know. Drew on Embiid or Simmons on Giannis. Like, I, I know which matchup I'd sort of prefer there. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Well, it's not crazy, but I, I I, think of D more as a system and more of coaching, and it's more of like five players working on a string together. And that's probably what Gobert is doing. But And, and that's how I always view and value D is as a system. But in my criteria... I'm saying, who do I like as the best defender? So that goes like completely against my philosophy of defending, Mm. Um, which is just, 
interesting because I can really rationalize it. <laughs> like I can make sense of why I'm doing it. Yeah. But it doesn't make sense <laughs> from everything I've yeah. said. Yeah. Dude, I think there's a whole nother discussion we could have about like the virtues of one-on-one, de- one-on-one defense yeah. and team defense as an individual player. Mm. And I think more often than not, the defensive player of the year is the latter. That is why centers and other yeah. bigs traditionally win it is because they're like the anchor of the defense. But, you know, I, yeah, like Dwight doesn't win defensive player of the year for locking up Kobe Bryant. Like mm. he he wins it for getting a lot of blocks and yeah. like ke- and keeping that D together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but then on the other, yeah, like, I'm the same as you. Like I love, I love a one-on-one de- defender. Like that, I absolutely love watching yeah. one-on-one defensive highlights. Yeah, <laughs> like... KD on Simmons. Mm. It's a cook session, but KD on Gobert, they don't even have to go to Coles. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even need to get the he ingredients. He doesn't even need to turn the barbecue on, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, what do you want to talk about next? Uh, let's go MVP. We should probably should start with MVP. <laughs> I think we should three, two, one, Jokic. Steph Curry. <laughs> oh, actually? Damn. Shit, yeah, dude. I, I think this might be the... F- What's this? We've disagreed three times. This might be the fourth, fifth, and sixth time we've ever disagreed on this poll. I think, I think, just for a bit of honesty, I think I am intentionally disagreeing a bit. Like, <laughs> like, like I think I've thought about my takes and I've been like, "Nah, these are my votes, and I want to give them. I want to give them differently." You know? Oh, okay, okay. Like, okay, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. I think the MVP will illustrate my point before the best. Okay. Like, I, I think Jokic is the MVP and I, I think he'll win it. But if I had my votes, I would give them to Steph because he has just had the most phenomenal season, especially, I mean, especially the latter half. Uh, he hasn't actually missed that many games. He's by the end of the season, he's going to have missed, I think uh, eight regular season games. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. He is shooting pretty much his like career best numbers, obviously yeah. um, in points. Uh, in threes taken, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, he is... Um, I thought this would be an interesting comparison. Like, Russ is MVP. Um, he will... I think that's probably one of the worst records that, like, the team has posted yeah. with the MVP player. He actually has... The Warriors are uh, 57.4% with him, which is better than the Thunder were with Russ that yeah. year. They were 56.8%. Minimally yeah. better, but yeah. And I think, you know... We gave Russ the MVP that season. We. Um, <laughs> because it was sort of, you know, it was a statistical anomaly. He averaged a triple-double and 30 yeah. points. And it's like, okay, you have to give that guy the MVP. Mm. I don't know why we can't do the same for Steph, who has been the statistical anomaly, but also looks like an absolute anomaly on the court. Yeah. I think he has been... I think he has been shooting the craziest he has in his career this year. Like, the sort of... The contest of his shots is just absolutely unfathomable true that's yeah good point he's like not you know when he in his other two mvp seasons he was playing with like one of the best teams of all time one of the best defenses of all time albeit he was a huge part of that obviously but like he yeah he he had he had clay there who like other teams had to keep an eye on yeah he had had like really prime draymond playmaking you know he he even had iggy there uh even even like you know if you compare like the pick and roll relationship he had with um bogut um, and some of those other early bigs to like who he's had this season. Like he hasn't had that same. He hasn't. He hasn't had these same relationships that he can sort of rely yeah. on. And so the fact that he is putting up better numbers this year, it, it just it just absolutely blows my mind. Um, 
I think finally, like Jokic has done the same thing where he's just been this unstoppable player. He's been so much fun to watch in like, yeah, his playmaking, his sort of unorthodoxy. Um, but yeah, I think, I think in the MVP voting this year, a lot of people are going to get like first votes, if that makes sense. Like right. it's not going to be close to unanimous. I reckon, right. I reckon about five or six players are going to get like at least one first first pick vote. Yeah. And I'm giving mine to Steph Curry. <laughs> <laughs> that was all so good, dude. I really like that you see like beyond the numbers and like you're looking at it like, yeah, he has to work so much harder for these two extra points that he averages. Like his, his unanimous MVP season, he averaged two less points than he does this season. But that extra two points he's getting this year would be a hundred times harder to yeah, get exactly, to come by. Exactly. Um, and this might be the result as a result of being a Pelicans fan. And I actually think be- having been a Wizards fan through so many bad years, you get to see what's actually good. Like, cause, cause good comes very few and far between. So like when you see a really good stretch, you're like, oh wow, everyone has to do their job for the bucket to look easy. Cause Brad was working his ass off the past few seasons. Um, and everyone except for Kent Bazemore saw that apparently. Uh, um, and yeah, that's it. Like Steph Curry's made it look easy. Like, yeah. Um, that step back he got on, um, who was it? On... Was it Baisley and against the Thunder where it, it just looked like he just wasn't going to take the shot? And he's like, oh, no, I'll take it. <laughs> and it was, you know, it was like over 30 feet out and just fucking... Ah, it just looked so easy. He wasn't thinking about... It. All the like, the like errant passes, like Draymond throws him a bad pass and he just like scoops it up and yeah. throws it up and it goes in. Like that wasn't happening in his first two MVP seasons. He was yeah. really good passes, really, yeah. really good screens. Like um, the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. The amount of... Also, actually, I would love to see the amount of uncontested layups the Warriors get when Steph's on the court. Because the threat of his three, they have like, on an off-ball screen, both the screener's defender and Steph's defender will both be occupied with Steph. And he doesn't even have the ball yet. So like, imagine when he has the ball and yeah, the threat of his three either leads to his own like wide open layup or one of his teammates wide open layups. Uh... Um, and yeah, I like I love your whole your whole point about Steph. Um, I'm sticking with Jokic. I think that good call. I think yeah, I think it's the safe call. Uh, it's not the sexy pick. <laughs> um, but just since the start of the season, we were like, damn. Uh, yeah, I think I said this a couple of weeks ago. But anyway, damn, Jokic and Embiid centers battle the centers back, and then mid uh, early mid season, it turned into like, man, I don't know if KD can keep this up. He might. Um, he might win the MVP, but you know we also have to consider Embiid and Jokic. And then Harden came through with his stretch and was like, Embiid's out now. KD's been in and out, but Harden could be the MVP. You know him or Jokic. And then post All Star, obviously Steph's been going on this run. Could be him or Jokic. And I just think the sustained, him being in the conversation for this sustained amount of time, it has to. It's it's a, like, it's like how the Jazz have just kept in at the one seed throughout the entire season. He has just stayed so good. He never he never faltered once. I don't know what his averages are, but he's probably getting like 26, 12, and 8 and doesn't get above 27 points or below. He nailed it too. <laughs> he doesn't get below 27 or below... Uh, above 27 or below 25. Above 13 rebounds or below 11. Above 9 assists or below 7. He just does that every single night. And it's like, shit, like, what... what like, 
Yeah, that that guy that guy's my MVP. Um, I yeah, I I completely agree with you. I think it's been to his detriment that he's been in the MVP um, conversation all season long mm. because when someone new comes into the conversation, I think you kind of subconsciously boost them up. Like yeah, like you know, Harden goes on a stretch and is suddenly like third favorite for MVP. You're like, yeah. well, if he keeps it up by the natural order of progression, he'll be first favorite. Yeah, where it's like no. Yeah, Jokic has just been there the entire time. There's been no question that he, about yeah. whether he's in the conversation or not. That you kind of forget that he's the conversation. <laughs> yeah, well put. Um, yeah, and this like, I guess being so good is working in his detriment because it's like a stale narrative, <laughs> yeah. and it's not really a narrative. There's no story around it. It's just like we're winning games. Mm. We're winning games, and I'm playing well. That's not really a narrative. <laughs> um. Not completely related, but we need to convince Sally Allen, sorry, Sally McBean, um, who is a Nuggets fan, that Jokic is good. <laughs> is, she, is she off Jokic train? <laughs> she was like, man, I just don't know if I like Jokic. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> you, you, you've been blessed as a franchise <laughs> with like the most revolutionary player in the last, I don't know, since Steph Curry. <laughs> <laughs> and you're saying, I don't know how I feel about him. She's like, yeah, he just looks awkward. I'm like, that's his shtick. He's <laughs> as shtick as he looks awkward. So ungrateful. God damn it. I w- oh my God. I would, I would kill someone to have, I would, I would genuinely, I would slay someone to have Nikola Jokic for two games on the Wizards. Yeah. Whereas I imagine her power, yeah, her like, Nuggets players power rankings It's probably I'm guessing Murray Porter um, Fuck I don't know Aaron Gordon <laughs> <laughs> Facundo Campazzo Yeah Facundo Campazzo Hey shout out there um, <laughs> Yeah and then Nicola Jokic is I don't know Yeah the fifth option <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's the five <laughs> That's what it means right <laughs> uh, Rody um, I got LaMelo Ball Yeah same um, we did this last week or two weeks ago. Yeah, I think we. I think everyone knows our takes on Lamelo. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he's the best. He's the best player in this draft. He's played enough basketball to prove that. Yeah, and I think he will be the best player in this draft as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I reckon there's probably. I don't reckon there'd be a pod that's covered him more than us <laughs> in the, in the entire oh, world. Surely, <laughs> I'm. I'm not even joking. I think there's like a Ball Brothers podcast. Oh. Like where they just talk about stuff that's happening in the ball family. That's probably true. Yeah, there's like entire Instagram pages that are just like, what are the balls up to this week? Actually, <laughs> like- and I get all of their updates. <laughs> like the, on my explore page, is that the one with the magnifying glass? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I reckon all the ones like ball brothers, but one of the O's is a zero. <laughs> yeah, they got they got some... Actually, every single player has like a couple of fan pages, yeah. obviously. But the Ball Brothers have such a cult following. So many. Leangelo's getting posted. Yeah, yeah. Like, that guy's been irrelevant since he stole those bags or whatever, those cookies. <laughs> um, after the Hornets-Pels game, there was just atrocious... On every social media, atrocious threads about the Lamelo-Lonzo duel. Neither of them really had a very phenomenal game. Yeah. And there was one possession where they were guarding each other with, like, real heat and intensity where um, yeah. Lamelo... Um, knocked it out and they both dove for the ball but that was kind of it um, yeah and then yeah like on reddit everyone was like man imagine being lavar you'd be so proud of yourself and then like the next comment's like yo but you, don't forget about leangelo like he always, <laughs> like he would be like I, he'd be like top five thousand basketball players in the world or something you got to be proud about that it's like why why do you care that this guy is proud of his kids <laughs> NBA players? Like, god and he would be so proud as well like don't <laughs> so proud. like i don't see a fucking threat about like how proud drew holiday's 
that is of, of like having three actual first tier NBA players <laughs> instead of like a rookie, a really good player and a guy who can't make the G League anymore. <laughs> or how Brad Delonte West would be a LeBron. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, what about most improved? Yeah. So I really, I was really hoping that, um, that it would be Christian Wood, but he just, he was on the he was on the right track for it, but then he just went out, and then he, um, yeah, he just went out. And he 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 didn't get back to his form, and you know they just have been on this losing slide. Like weren't they like one and twenty nine after they lost Harden? They no, they were um not even. They were ten and ten before Christian Wood got injured, and they went one and twenty nine. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, like that's that's crazy, and it's they were losing really all bad. these games like fifty to Memphis. And I think it's just because they won one in the middle, so it was like a fifteen game lose streak, and then a fourteen game lose streak. That Ugh. was like that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my pick is Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. Same, yeah. Um, he's so good. Like I'm so happy for him uh, to have this, like to have success. I. I loved him coming out of college. Uh, I remember I called him Randolph, like Zach Randolph, trying to make the uh, like he trying to make his NBA comp, just adding a PH to the end of his name. But he was a bit more um, Lamar Odomi as well, uh, in the fact that he could like he could uh, run run point and also drive. Um, and yeah, we've just seen the very best of <coughs> the very best of him this season. Every time he shoots a three, I'm like, wait, hang on, isn't he supposed to be a bad shooter? And then he nets it, and then I check in, and he's like shooting 40% from three. And he's the best player on the fourth seed in the East. Like, he's the best player on this Knicks team that's um, that's just improved so much since last year. And oh, you know what? It would almost be poetic that they got the most improved player because they've definitely been the most improved team. Yeah, yeah, it makes so much sense. Um, yeah, I'm well on the record in early episodes of this podcast as being a Julius Randle hater. <laughs> it's probably 70% uh, click production, shout out. Um, but yeah, I think like he has had the statistical um, improvement that like most improved players have, like going from 29% from three to 40, whatever. Yeah. Uh, more points, more rebounds, more assists, less turnovers. Yeah. But I think it's also just... Yeah, it's like this rehabilitation of him as a player. Yeah. Like, of going to like, oh, he's just like one, another one of New York's mistakes. Mm. Like, he, you know, and also ran Laker. That one good season for the Pelicans, um, you know, that kind of got pr- forgotten pretty quickly. Um, to like, yeah, like you said, he is literally the best player and the most important player on the fourth seed in the in the East. Like, that, that should say enough. Yeah. I think. Yeah. If you, if you think about Julius Randle 12 months ago, he is so far from that. Um, you know, let's just, for the argument's sake, uh, Jeremy Grant, right? You think about Jeremy Grant 12 months ago. He's a well-liked player. Like, mm. he's a player that everyone sees the value in. Yeah. Um, you don't see him as, like, the first option on a team. Uh, and then, yeah, you, you come to this season, you're like, okay, cool, that guy's the first option on the Pistons. Yeah. Um, whereas Julius Randle, from last year to this year, it's just, it's le- leaps and bounds. Yeah, it's like, what are you gonna? Oh, you're gonna. What are you gonna uh, finish tenth with Julius Randle as your number one option? It's like, no, you're gonna finish fourth with Julius Randle as your number one. Which option. Which is really good. Like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't care 
if the East is weaker, finishing fourth in an NBA conference is phenomenal. <laughs> Means you get home court in the first yeah, round. That's I think yeah, that's just an enormous achievement. But like, it's a bit of a clinch because the Hawks are only half a game behind and they've been on ridiculous um, yeah. they've been on a ridiculous streak. So maybe uh that that'll maybe be Maybe it's Trey Young actually. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean yeah, I, that'll be that'll be such a fantastic end to the Knicks season if they can hold off the Hawks in these last few regular season games. I'm like, really rooting for the Knicks Hawks 4-5 yeah. uh playoff series cuz Heat are also half a game behind the Hawks yeah. in 6th. Yeah. But <clears throat> if the Knicks and Hawks play each other, not only would that be a fun series because of both teams' DNAs, but one of them would make the second round. Yes, exactly. One of these like super hyper young teams would win a playoff series and make the second round and then get their asses handed to them. That's such good... <laughs> but that's such good experience. Oh, 100%. You win a chess match in the playoffs and then you get spanked by... Who they play? The Sixers. Yeah. 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 That's fine though. Yeah. Like, that's a good season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whereas if they... If either of them loses first round to Miami Heat, it's like, eh. It's a, it's a bit of an anti-climax, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then the second... I mean, the second round would definitely be better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but, come on, you want to see you want to see the Knicks? Yeah, I actually don't think they're a good matchup for the Sixers. <laughs> like, no, God no. <laughs> um, yeah, I think yeah, like the you know, get off my lawn perspective would be I want to see the Heat in the second round. I want to see like four great teams in the second round. But then like the narrative and the Ball Brothers perspective is like, <laughs> let's get let's get the Knicks or the Hawks in the second round. Yeah. Nice, dude. Yeah, the whole the whole world would be cheering for either of those teams to get one win. Yeah, oh, 100%. Dude, how much fun is it to, like, support the Knicks? <laughs> yeah. It's all of these hateable franchises and players. Once, they, once you find a way to like them, it's so good. Yeah. Like Westbrook, Harden, the Knicks... Um, so glad I'm so glad I've turned on all of them. You know what? We've had a real we've had a real growth this season. Yeah. We came into this season you ruining the possibility of Westbrook being a wizard. Uh, both of us thinking James Harden was like the most toxic player of all time, <laughs> which he still may be. Which he still may be. <laughs> they haven't won the chip yet. Um, and yeah, just being like I don't, we barely would even talk about the Knicks. Like yeah. we would just be like, it's hopeless there. There's no point even like trying to figure it out. Yeah, and they yeah. And now, now look where we are. Yeah, now the egg's on our face. Uh, all right, what do we have left? We have... Six man. Six man, is that it? Uh, you notice how I said six instead of the other word? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the last award. Motherfucker, I'm ill, not sixth. <laughs> sixth. Uh, yeah, I got Geordie C. Yeah, it's Geordie C for me. <laughs> I'm liking that. I like Geordie C. Um, yeah, I mean... It's just like the dictionary definition of a sixth man season. Nice, dude. <laughs> From Geordie C. Um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, well, like I think he dropped 47 today. Actually. Also off the bench, even though... like I love that he's just kept coming off the bench, even though um, Mitchell's been out. Um, yeah, what a, ph- what a phenomenal guy. Um, two things I want to say about this. Uh We've said this before. He's the perfect illustration of that system in Utah where you have this great system. You can plug anyone into it. He's like he's like the exception to the rule. Like you put him on and you just get him to put up shots. Yeah, for, true. For, you know, half a quarter and then you take him off. Um, and it works. And it works because he scores a lot and teams that, are, you know, 
playing against this really systematic offense, I think kind of can't keep up with them almost, like um, for whatever reason. Uh, two, I think if you're a young guard in the NBA who can shoot the three pretty well and you're like pretty fast, I'm thinking like your Emmanuel quickly types, you should look at what Jordan Clarkson is doing and like yeah. model yourself after him because I yeah. think he's found when you're not quite like an all-star or, you know, a top few tiers player, how you can like really make your mark on a contender as like a just incredible, super important player. Yeah. Um, I was trying to, I was, I thought that that source was called a Tallahassee throwback, but it's actually a Mississippi comeback. And I was going to say that he's a Tallahassee throw. Tallahassee throwback of a sixth man, like just short, probably you'd classify him as a combo guard that's shooting a lot of shots. Um, I like to see the whoever's doing that and scoring the most of them. That's my sixth man. Yeah. Like Lou Will, I can't think of anyone else right now. Maybe Jamal Crawford, kinda. Yeah. Manu, but a bit. He becomes. He's a bit more of like a cerebral yeah <laughs> no he's a bit more of like a, a shooting guard yeah, not, not as much yeah. of a combo even you, though he did play a lot of points you'd want um, you'd hope that uh, D'Angelo Russell is that next year yeah yeah. what is it about that build yeah. that's just like perfect for coming off the bench I don't know I think it's having a player that is probably like I mean I hate to say it the sixth best player on the team but you know like they're probably better offensively than any of the like, uh, you know, um, substitution five are defensively. Mm. Yeah, they, yeah, they're just so disruptive. Yeah, There's yeah, like yeah, not yeah, much yeah. you can do except put your best players back on to guard them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're probably the tier of. Because there's just so many good guards, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the thing I've said the most on this podcast. <laughs> There's just so many good guards. Yeah, they're probably the tier of starting defenders, but there would be a tier or two ahead of starting of bench defenders. Yeah, exactly. That's and it, just yeah. cook session. I completely forgot the word bench just just before. <laughs> but I think I covered it up pretty well. Oh shit! <laughs> um, nice. I I love those picks. From yeah, us. like a Same. good amount of agreement and a good amount of disagreement. I think. Yeah, and disagreeing on the ones that matter. I would say <laughs> <laughs> we did, we only agreed on Geordie C, did we? No, nah, we agreed on Lamelo and Julius. Oh, true. Yeah. Wow. We finished with the disagreements. Yeah. Nice. Three Poetic. for three. Nice. Speaking of three for three, Marco is 15 and... Uh, I'm 15 and 11. I'm 15 wins. Marco's 11 on that game we played at the end of the episode. Um, Trick Marco. Before we do that, I just want to say a few quick things. Awesome. Um, there are a few players that I think need to be recognized for their play this season. Um, one of them is Zion Williamson. I, I don't I'm not saying he needs to make an all NBA team but like yeah guy averaged 27 points on just phenomenal shooting so uh, I think uh, I think he's one of the most underrated overrated players of all time already yeah right <laughs> like like everyone's always like yeah he's so good and that's kind of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, he also got that he but he's also like that overrated underrated as yeah because well. a lot of people I think because he got slapped at like next coming of Jesus coming into the league. That's it, yeah. And then it was like, Zion, pretty overrated. And it's like, watch one play and and you'll see he is properly rated or, th- under, or underrated. I think like watch Eric Bledsoe's game against the Hornets and watch how... Mini Zion. Yeah. Watch how rough his touch around the rim is compared to <laughs> a guy who has been playing NBA basketball 
11 years less than he has <laughs> and i don't know i think that should be it like yeah if you're a layup heavy um point guard you should be better at finishing layups yeah <laughs> than you are let's say. um anyway um i think russell westbrook needs to get some sort of recognition i don't yeah. i don't think he's going to make an all-nba team i think there's too many good guards in the league and i think the narrative's against him um, yeah what do you think <laughs> well well he oh, oh it's really hard to say Wait, we're talking Zion, you said? No, no, Russell, right? oh, Russell Westbrook. No, 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 yeah. Westbrook won't, won't make it, yeah. I don't think. Um, I actually didn't realize I made... <laughs> I actually made two lineups. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, what, what isn't as much first team, second team, but I'll give you the lineups and you tell me what you think they okay, are. Sure. So the first team, we got Curry, Harden, LeBron, KD, and Embiid. Hmm. And then the second team, we've got Doncic, Hayward, Ingles, Porzingis, and Jokic. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm getting a lot of that first that first team, right? Yeah, yeah. I just feel like a really raw, powerful, like uh, just a lot of natural talent. Natural like, talent. Like instinct. Inst- I did- instinct is the word that comes to mind. <laughs> didn't have to work anywhere near as hard. It was more the game came to them than then than they came yeah, to the game. Exactly. Um, and I, I think that second team, I think, works smarter, not harder. <laughs> Uh, cerebral, maybe mm. just like like guys who have a really good read on the game. Um, and man, you could see them being a coach once they retire. Let me <laughs> Great touch, refined skills, very refined. I mean, don't give them any space <laughs> to make a decision. That's <laughs> they play the game above their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh. That's so fucking funny. That, that's great. Thank you. Hi- highlight, highlight. Now to trick Marco. Nice. Um, you're going to win the rest. <laughs> At power forward. Oh, I think you're going to get know all of them. Ryan Kelly. Oh, yeah, definitely. Fuck, I'm done. <laughs> At center, Etan Thomas. Or oh, Etan. Yeah. Is it E-T-A-N? Yeah. Yeah. At small forward, Darrell Wright. Yeah, fuck. I think I might sweep this one. At shooting guard, Jordan Crawford. Yeah, yes, of course. Hey, man. (laughs) You've got Jordan Crawford in there. At point guard, Eric Maynor. (laughs) Oh, I actually don't think I know that one. Wow. Maybe that should be the new criteria if I don't get all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, Ryan Kelly is a bit of a meme, Mm. but I feel like he could have flown under the radar a little more than the two... um, power forwards i have left etan thomas i actually brought up yeah earlier in the season i think so um, um darrell wright is someone's older brother yeah delon Wright. oh no darrell wright named his son fucking oh something oh let's get it let's get it up yeah, actually yeah, yeah. Now, jordan crawford of course you're gonna yeah, know him yeah. but then also the other kalena azabuki is one of the other ones <laughs> okay and he's i'm gonna get antonio daniels treatment <laughs> with him yeah um uh what are we, who are we looking up? Darrell Wright. Darrell Wright. Um, Antonio Daniels. Yeah. Oh my God. He's oh. speaking of brothers in the NBA. <laughs> Darrell Wright named his son Devin Quinton Dwayne Wade Wright. That's it. That's it. Right. <laughs> right. Dwayne Wade is four years older than Darrell Wright. I don't think that's. I think they played on the same team. <laughs> Unless the thing was like, hey. Maybe he was like, hey, D-Wade, if you... um, Maybe he was like, hey, D-Wade, if you win me this NBA championship, I'll n- give my son your name. 
Because he won that NBA championship. Yeah, wow, amazing. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm almost insulted by the Jordan Crawford one. Like, <laughs> like, would you have known him preseason? Yeah, because uh, well, one, I think he played for the Pels. Two, I definitely had him like on a 2K team that I played for a long time. You always, you always get Jordan you Crawford. Always get Jordan Crawford. Yeah, he's like, gun. Yeah, he's a, he's a built for 2K. Yeah, yeah, the. Um, no, but he was also in, I think, one of the Pels teams that, yeah, that last made the playoffs. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. Um, maybe not last, but maybe the one before, yeah. The 2018 one. Mm. Maybe I'm just trying to give you a bigger pool to pick from <laughs> when you pick your team. Uh, uh, well, I, you know what? I'm drafting Jordan Crawford pretty high, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric Maynor, the one guy you didn't know, I have no idea why this guy... Yeah, I don't have no idea why this guy isn't in the league anymore. Um, he was a backup point guard. I think he was the backup point guard when they made the. No, no, when he when they made the final. Oh, sorry, he played for the Thunder. <laughs> Should have introduced that a bit earlier. And I think he just had that Perry Jones treatment, in the sense that he was playing behind Westbrook. And then when they made their playoff or their finals run, they picked up Derek Fisher, and it's like you're gonna pick, you're gonna play Derek Fisher in a playoff series over Eric Maynor. But I think he was probably my favorite Thunder player for a, maybe a season there. He did his ACL. Do you reckon that could have contributed to no. his demise out of the league? That's maybe. before he played for the Wizards. I Lots of those guys played oh, for the Wizards yeah. this week. Like, I think four of them. Oh, wow. Is that um, right? Etan Thomas definitely did. Uh, Crawford did, didn't he? Um, I, he must have, yeah. yeah. Darrell Wright might have. Yeah. Um, Maynard did and... Yeah. Ryan Kelly, I don't think okay. he did. Maybe it's three. Unless Darrell Wright did. Yeah. Um. Wow, I had no idea uh, Eric Maynard did his ACL. Yeah, sad. Does he play and that's in funny. Israel still? He played behind Russell, Russell Westbrook, and then he played behind Damian Lillard like as soon as he got traded. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> what are these two top five point cards have in common? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, They're both right. stealing minutes from Eric Maynard. <laughs> <laughs> what could have been Portland? What could have been if you'd just gone with Vaynor? And po- now, post ACL injury. <laughs> Remember, send in name requests. <laughs> Maybe it's not a request. Suggestions. Name suggestions, yeah. <laughs> or if you want to request Mark or I change our names, you can do that as well. If we like said like a really. You know how like in a movie when they say the name of the movie? If we did that in this episode without realizing, you <laughs> tell us. Oh. <laughs> like, if we, like if I said. I guess there's some kind of Suicide Squad. <laughs> then we'll name our podcast the Suicide Squad NBA Podcast. <laughs> Toe on the line NBA Podcast. <laughs> John, more like John on the lawn. Replay. Re- <laughs> Maybe that's the one. <laughs> right, scratch that. No one take that. No one's out of basketball class. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week, guys. Bye. You've been listening to an episode of the Jeff Van Gundy NBA Tribute Show, hosted by Lucas Petridis and Marco Holden-Jeffrey. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. You can also follow us on Instagram at Tribute Show and Twitter at JBGNBA. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next one.